Welcome to See Me After Class. This is a podcast by two New Zealand secondary school teachers based in the Southern Alps of New Zealand. We operate out of classrooms that look out over the most stunning mountain ranges in the bottom of the South Island. And it's my pleasure to introduce Renee Plunkett, who is a fourth year English teacher. And sitting here with me is Chris War, a teacher with 17 years under his belt from both overseas and here in New Zealand. And Renee, apart from being a teacher, is also an avid gardener. And Chris also enjoys triathlon. This podcast is about the day-to-day realities and joys and sometimes horrors of our teaching experience in the classroom. So we invite you to listen in and we invite you to give us feedback on what you hear. This is... See me after class. Welcome along to week eight of term four. That is the last week of term four. And this is See Me After Class, episode 35. And Renee, we've made it. Chris, we have very nearly. Like there's a day to go. (laughs) That's right. We've got to do some random entertaining of classes who we don't usually teach tomorrow for a couple of periods. And then we actually can leave the building. We can, we can. And um, I I mean, I actually had my final um, supervision class today with Uh. a group of year eight students. And it's... um, it's funny because, you know, we have no idea who these kids are. We haven't really ever met them before. It's the final week of the school year. They're itching for the holidays. So coming up with things to occupy them and capture their imagination is not an easy task sometimes. Yeah, I've, I've never really thought of myself as an entertainer. So <laughs> tomorrow they're actually going to do some learning. <laughs> I think they're going to get quite a shock when I <laughs> sit them down at desks and we start cool. doing, right, this is what we're going to learn. <laughs> but what better way to spend the last periods of the year then learning in yes. the school I think yeah. that's going to be great yep. also it's quite interesting at the moment we've been having flooding in the lake there's mm. snow on the mountains we had to just turn the fan heater off in our little office it's summer but it's cold isn't it it is December the 5th doesn't really feel like December the 5th normally does no. everyone's usually walking around at this point in shorts and t-shirts but at the moment we're rugged up and bracing for the flood waters to yeah. um, rise up in the town yeah it's just about a few centimetres now mm. of flood and and if it reaches that level, then the uh, the, the waterfront in the town is going to be inundated and the shops and businesses there. So not a great thing, but I definitely have been enjoying watching the graphs of the, <laughs> of the water levels <laughs> in the various tributaries. So that's been interesting. Yeah. Um, but this week's podcast is dedicated mainly to the retrospective. And Renee has put together a highlights reel of all of the things that have happened this year in the order they happened that have been just of curiosity or interest mm. it's been a pretty cool year of podcasting for us we managed to keep mostly to our goal of one a week for every term week yes we've had a massive year lots has gone on so this is our last one for the year and mm. we decided to use it to look back on various things that have happened so far yeah. and that have built the podcast into what it is today yeah. so renee the retrospective i know i'm so excited i love that we have this record of our time this year together it's a mm. really special thing to actually have but chris i wanted to start by going back to the very first episode um and the very first question that we asked each other was what are you reading at the moment oh my goodness and can you remember <laughs> what was i re- i can't what was i re- i was probably just reading a school text you that yeah exactly you so i was reading, reading the book, book thief <laughs> it's like it's the only book i've read <laughs> 
And here we are actually at the beginning day of another year at school. How are you feeling? Hot. Yeah, it is hot. <laughs> it's warm. That's right. I was watching some of the year 13s earlier. They were all outside your classroom for course confirmation. And they're all talking about heading down to the lakeside for a bit of a swim. And I'm thinking, that's me on the way home. Well, that's definitely what I'm doing with my little triathlon club. We're ah. going to be down at that lake in about half an hour's time. So good. One of the perks of being in Wanaka. So before we get on to the business of this podcast, I need to ask one of the important questions what are you reading? I'm reading The Good Daughter by Karen Slaughter. So think psychological thriller meets law and order, really. <laughs> so basically a book version of all those TV programs? Pretty much, yeah. What do you reckon of it? I'm enjoying it. It's not doing what I expected it to do, which is what I love in a book. Great. Yeah. What are you reading at the moment, Chris? <laughs> I, I feel a little embarrassed because it is day one of the year. I'm reading <laughs> The Book Thief by Marcus Zuzag, which is one of our course books, and um, really ought to have finished it by now, but I can't tell you how much I love this book. And because it's magic realism genre is what I'm building an entire course around this year, I'm just so enjoying this rereading because I'm seeing it through the lens of the genre. New light. <laughs> so Chris, I guess my question for you is, do you have any reading planned over the holidays now that we think, you know, we've looked back, let's think forward. Uh, I actually do. I'm going to have to get my phone out of my pocket. I've got a list of ah. books that I'm going to read this summer. I wonder if I can pick a couple out. So I say books and it's probably being a little ambitious. I'll read some books, but I think my summer is basically going to be characterized by... Uh, reading. Uh, that's all I've got planned. It's yep. just getting some books and just having some fun reading things. Oh, there's one called Lincoln in the Bardo, which everybody seems Ooh, to think is good. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. So I should have a read of that. And I see in my list, there's a book called When We Speak of Nothing. <laughs> no idea wow. who wrote that or wow. what it's about either, <laughs> but I'll be reading that as well. Yep. And so there's a, just a, I, I, I think the nicest thing is simply going to be the fact that I can curl up and not have commitments and actually do reading for personal pleasure yeah. like yeah. we're always advocating, advocating that the kids do. But I must also say that while we're talking about reading, I'm finding it harder these days as well to settle in and get some nice reading done. I find it almost impossible in my day-to-day -day life and I know it is because mm. I'm always on my mm. device. Yeah, And I read a lot of articles and I read a lot of current affairs and I read a lot of uh, literature associated with the, the professional work we mm. do and I find that really uh, highly engaging online but you know the, the reading of an extended fiction text it's just not happening in my day-to-day -day no. life anymore no and I think part of that is because you know we try to fit so much into our day-to-day -day life yeah. you know and something at some point has to give so I am also looking forward to sitting down with a book over the holidays. I've got The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo on my list. Oh, of have reading. you? I've never read it. Right, neither have I. But I've heard really good things, so I'm yep. going to give it a crack because cool. that's a kind, the kind of genre I quite enjoy from time to time. I guess we should talk about how this all began. Wow. Where this all started, where it all came from. And I think the root of the podcast is in our micro credentials project. We've been fortunate enough to win a Bright Spots grant to do some work in our school. And with that money, we put together a proposal to 
be able to create a set of micro-credentials around digital badges for our entire learning programs across mm. our school. Mm. So we have got a very excited team of teachers from different curriculum areas who I think are ready to hit the ground running. They all sort of bring it up in conversation and seem really, really uh, like they're looking forward to it. Um, and so we have been very lucky from the Education Hub to be given, have been given some money around this um, and we're really hoping to, to fund this project and figure a few things out along the way. Yeah, we hope to make a difference with it actually. To, to, to One of the things that's been part of our conversation and that we'll be talking about in this podcast in a lot more detail and that is the notion of the locus of control in the classroom and how we might be able to change things in order to move the position of control further in the direction of students without surrendering things that professionally we should be taken care of as teachers. Absolutely, and I think one of the really important things um, that we're going to, to tackle is um, do we want to shift that, that agency and, and give them more of it? Like, is that actually a benefit or not? Yeah, what are the outcomes when you start doing that and what are some of the possible side effects? Mm, we're, mm, we're absolutely. Also, we're also thinking in this whole podcast that it might be of great interest to our beloved audience that we bring you snippets and items of things that happen in an everyday secondary school classroom mm. and um, so we're going to share things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis with us that we that fill us with delight or horror there is never a dull moment around here there is always something that comes from somewhere and you wonder how that possibly is a thought in the world and we're also planning to bring a few voices into this podcast mm. that are not our own so you'll be hearing from our colleagues our students the families and the general community around us so you can get a sense of the kind of vivid reality of a, a day today's school's life. Mm, absolutely. How, how are you feeling about it all? Well, it's nice to be at this time of the year and still be in amongst the project. And it was very difficult this year for us to keep mm. the momentum up with trying to develop this new innovation, even with the enormous amount of support we had from the Education Hub alongside the demands of the day-to-day -day school life. And it wasn't a normal year. We definitely had a few extraordinary burdens to shoulder as English teachers this year. But in that sense, I still think going back into the project for next year with a good crew on board, which we do have, and the real sense that we'll be able to start with credentials in place on day one is pretty exciting. And yeah. it's wonderful to know that we've reached that point and that it's been reached in a number of areas. Yes, yeah. It's been definitely something I've enjoyed over the past, um, I guess, week or so once everything has started to actually, well, I say settle down, but there's always everything going on every day at school, um, to spend some time working on credentials and, and to really start to put things together so that we can bring it to life next year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that side of it. Me too. Next on our list is some of the highlights from our students this year. We've taken, um, it's been something that I've really enjoyed, uh, interviewing our kids uh, from, you know, across the school year about various things that um, directly kind of relate to their experience in the classroom. And I thought that we could look back on some of those moments where they have used their voice to tell us what they really think. So one of the big, uh, hot button topics I guess this year for teachers was the um, advocating for better pay and conditions that we did and so we asked some students um, you know what they think about all of that and this is what they had to say. Teachers should get more pay because they're responsible for the education of the next generation. Teachers are so important like they actually are if you think about it teachers and parents are what create 
they're like such a, a child influence. <laughs> Especially And they yeah. do heaps. They do, exactly. Like without teachers, without police officers, without all that, the world would literally be in shambles. <laughs> like it would be but if they're no both like educated. Exactly. They're some of the lowest paid jobs, which is ridiculous because they're like crucial to making up a human's like brain and education and what they know and what they don't know and, and who they, they are. The government and stuff go on about how important education is, yet they're not like giving that to the teachers for us, like you know, so teachers can give us an important education. They have to go to university for so long to be like qualified, so then, like, then they're just coming into something that's really underpaid when they've done a lot of study to get the knowledge to give us the knowledge. And that education is like the first step of life, pretty much. Like, you're in school, like. From when you're real young to when you're like late teens, early adulthood. So it's like a big chunk of your life and it like, doesn't just stop there because your education like sort of influences where you go from then on, like once you finish. And hopefully we'd get like better teachers if yeah. they were paid more, they'd be more like people and would actually like you know what I mean? And because education's so important. Yeah. Some people people who don't have it like and isn't it like a, a law? Like kids have to go to school. Yeah. So. And then if why are they why is it like getting paid equivalent to jobs that aren't as influential on everyone's lives? The other thing that we also quite often um, spend time to- talking about or referencing is our work with Shakespeare in lots of diff- different classrooms. We both teach it at Year Ten. You've got a Level One class that looks at Macbeth, and my students study Level Three, and um, the. It's been, it's been really, it was, I had a really great time talking to some of my level threes following their um, external exam. I caught up with some of them and they said that they actually felt really good sitting in that exam, being able to talk about the Shakespearean text, King Lear, that we've studied. So I thought we could have a wee listen back into what it is that they, their opinions on studying the Shakespearean text were. So at the start of our Shakespeare experience it was quite negative for me personally. I didn't understand the the language he used. My experience with Shakespeare has definitely been quite positive. I feel like Shakespeare has been the building block to today's modern entertainment but reading it on its own as um, a Shakespearean play I don't believe that it's uh, entertaining at all. I studied Macbeth in year 11 and this year I'm studying um, King Lear. I studied Macbeth in level one with Mr. War and I found that very fun and the same with this year pretty much. I'd say my like favourite part of it would be like the themes. Though I also enjoyed the challenge of his writing. Throughout like the learning of it and uh, going into deeper analysis with a lot of extra work from my teacher, I I slowly grew into it because the language kind of gets to me. Once I changed my attitude and gave it a harder go, I'm now understanding that a lot more and seeing like the real world aspects of it. Once you dissect into it and um, get past all of the Shakespearean language, I believe it, it relates to society even nowadays. Shakespeare, unlike a lot of other writing, is a challenge and you have to get used to it. It takes thinking and it takes effort. Like once you look into it and actually care about it and like actually try, you will see real world 
examples of it. Once you've got like the dialogue and how each character talks with iambic pentameter and speaking of prose and verse, I believe it is a beautiful piece of art. Um, an episode that my family quite often talks to me about is the formal episode, the one that we recorded around the school formal time. And I think um, they were interested to, to hear um, both of our stories and how different they were because they were they are very different. Um, but again, we had a chat to some of our kids at this time and got their opinions on the formal and um, we can have we listen back to those. Formal to me is pain and suffering. Formal sounds like a really stressful time because of all the expectations about what you're supposed to wear and like everything that you're supposed to do before formal, like your dress and like tons of girls are getting their nails done and tan and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because of the experience next year in year 13, but also sounds like I'm going to be low on the bank account as well. <laughs> um, I think formal is just kind of like a fun way to sort of introduce students to sort of like more formal side of things and, you know, just have a bit of fun getting all dressed up and stuff like that. It's also a good way for the school to make a bit of money. It's pretty good, but the food needs to be better. I just reckon formal's quite, like, vain and it's a lot of... There's so, everyone has to put so much money and effort into it for one night and it's become a big thing that it's not everyone can do it the same and like the whole, yeah the whole prince and princess thing's kind of weird <laughs> and like <laughs> king and queen it's like we all look we shouldn't we all just look good and be all be yeah. happy with that can and someone next picking you like looks I think the best isn't prince and princess though not based on how you look it's based on voting Kind of like prom, having a homecoming queen. So for the listeners out there that don't know what the prince and princess of the formal is, it's a, a you vote, don't you, on mm-hmm. different sort of categories. Um, prince and princess yeah. is one. That's the cutest couple. Yeah. Best dressed. Most unexpected couple. Yeah, mm-hmm. king and queen. Mm-hmm. So oh God, would you is. say... <laughs> Would you say it's a popularity contest? Yeah, in a way, yeah. And, but yeah. also, and it's a, a way, piss take as well. Like, yeah, people, people just like take it as a joke. Taking the Mickey, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, we put such high expectations on ourselves and everybody mm. else to look their best, or so, yeah. Sometimes it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But then yeah, on the other hand, it's, it's quite it's cool, a, fun to. I don't know, for a change, yeah. get yeah. dressed up and have Something big sort of like luxury because yeah. we don't do it often. I reckon it's a good, I think in the idea is good, but it's just got like a bit out of hand. <laughs> like people are spending like $500 on dresses. I know, and then it sets like everyone else's standards up and yeah. then everyone yeah. has everyone like... Everyone compares themselves to each other. Whereas it should be like, we can all get, dress, get dressed up, have fun, just be chill. Yeah, but then again, we have been looking forward to it for quite yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like the talk for... Over, over like months. Too long. How do you think you'll feel after it's all over? Like there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, relieved. Like we silence at lunchtime. Yeah. Until the photos come out. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, but also like from last year, like everyone goes through and like judges the dresses. Like even us, like I did last year. Yeah, like we go through and we look at them and we're like, well, that's kind of my favourite bit about it. Looking at other people, like when we're all together and. Because I like seeing everyone dressed up, not in like a judgmental way, but I just like looking different at different styles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it's non judgment, like everyone, yeah. like, mm. you do it whether you know it or not, but like, people look so, so different to how you see that. them in everyday yeah. life. Yeah. Like exactly. at school. 
so it's cool. Uh, I kind of have a range of thoughts on the formal, just because last year when I attended, I didn't really care. I was just kind of showing up. But then this year, I've made a bit more of an effort by like asking my date in a cool way and like actually preparing and talking with friends about it. So it's just a when you have the right attitude about it, it's just a really exciting event to just remember with your friends and considering this is the last year of school these will be photos that you can use to remember and it's yeah it'll be an exciting night i want to know how you invited your date so i took her to where i work which was um big fig and i asked the baristas since i know them to write formal in the hot chocolate and then yeah gave her the hot chocolate well i've never been to the formal before but i'm just hoping that it'll be lots of fun getting ready with my friends and then being able to see everyone all dressed up and people that we wouldn't usually socialise with or hang around with in those settings and yeah. Formal means to me one night a year we get to dress up really nice and have a sit down dinner with all of our friends and take some nice photos and just make memories for that one night a year. Another thing that really characterises, every year this characterises the year for me, is that our students select their English teachers in their English courses for the following, uh, for the for their, that year. And um, obviously there are some changes that are happening with that next year. So uh, we managed to grab some feedback from the kids around what um, they enjoy about that process or how they feel about that process. So now I'm with the year 11s and um, it's their first year where they've been able to select their English course and I mean I'm surrounded by girls and Zach so that's fun <laughs> but um, girls and Zach, how did you find the process of selecting your English course? Did you enjoy it? Not enjoy it? Too much pressure? What? How did it go? It was good. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed it. It was a fantastic experience. Why, why is that Abby? <laughs> um, because you guy, uh, it was really easy, yeah. It was just like I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. It was, yeah. Nice. I find it's good how the students like got a voice. Cool. Yeah. I liked it because um, usually you want to, like, you try hard on something that you like want to do, so it's good that everyone got to pick it so then they can like try hard on that subject. Yep. And cool. knowing the content, so well, my class isn't doing any like speeches or anything, and for people who's like, who enjoys <laughs> that, then it's good. You think you're not doing speeches? Well, I don't know. We haven't done it in a year. Yeah. Pipe is speaking up saying we are doing speeches just not yet I want to do speeches too um, and it's like a good opportunity to like see which teacher you gel like you think you'll gel with the most and like if your teacher understands you it's like better for your learning and if How? you have a favourite teacher you can go with that one it was good actually like seeing the teachers present because you kind of got their vibe a little bit more yeah oh, oh Mr Nyhoff is now being searched for, for by Claire hi Claire we're recording for the podcast this week yeah no worries. I think he went down there. Yeah, he went that way. <laughs> Quick intermission. Um, girls and Zach, did anybody? How much thought did you put into your choices? A lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot. What did you do to decide? I pros and cons list. Yeah. <laughs> did you talk about it at home with anybody? Yeah, my family. Talk to, like siblings and like older people, just see what they think about the subjects. Yeah. Like, the content of the subjects. Yeah, cool. And like look a bit more into like the subject, like what 
you're teaching about and stuff. Yeah. So did anybody read the course outlines and things that were all published on the uh, website? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Piper didn't. I only picked Chris because I like him. Oh, Chris I'm not sure if that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that picked up, but Piper just said I picked Chris because I like him and I don't like English. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so we put some thought into it and happy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. stoked. Satisfied. Yeah. Love English. Awesome. Looking forward to it next year? Yeah. Yes. No. No, I'm dropping. Oh, team. Hey, thanks for speaking to me, girls. Okay. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. You too. I'm sitting here with some of our year 13s who are looking down the barrel of their last term and a half, and they've all been students that have been able to choose their courses at level one and two for English. And team, I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on this. Yeah, it was cool being able to choose teachers and course. Like a mixture of the two meant you had more. Um, options, and as Mr. Fade says, options give you margins. Um, yeah, it's cool to choose because then you know what you're getting into, kind of. And like the second year round, it was good to know the teacher's teaching style because then you get to choose what works well with you as well as like your interest. Cool. Um, I like it, it was good because you chose a teaching style you liked and the genre you liked, opposed to just getting thrown into something you didn't want to do. But it was kind of stressful when you'd like pick and then you didn't know if you're actually going to get in there or not, so you're just like waiting. I guess it gave me more freedom. You got different genres to pick, like with um, the one I chose last year in level two was about prejudice. Meanwhile, Miss Plunkett had. Uh, what, what did you guys do? We did gothic. We did, yeah, gothic fiction in level oh, two. Oh, gothic fiction, yeah. So it kind of catered to other people's interests, yeah, which is why I found it pretty good. Yeah, cool. And so Clover and Callum, who are sitting here, uh, and Jamie was taking English at level three, but prioritised elsewhere, which I totally understand. Um, you're taking level, level three English. Do you think the fact that you've been able to pick things you've enjoyed in English maybe has contributed to taking level three English or not really? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. if I just got put in a class that... I didn't like what I was doing, I'd have just dropped it. Okay, cool. Callum? <coughs> Not really. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Why'd you take English at level three then? Uh, just for reading credits. Okay. <laughs> awesome, thanks team. Cheers boss. Cheers boss. So I'm sitting outside in the quad, which is this really beautiful setting with all the cherry trees. There's an aeroplane over here, the sun is shining, it's gorgeous, and the level three girls are sitting around feeling Oh, level three. I've made you a year older than what you are. Level two girls are sitting around giggling because they're finding this so embarrassing. But Maggie's agreed to talk to me. And Maggie, I wanted to ask you how you feel about um, the fact that you've been able to choose English courses for the last couple of years. Yes, I like it because we can choose um, what course we can do and which one interests us. Yeah. yeah, and are there things that you take into consideration when choosing a course? Um, yes. How many speaking things I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything um, else? What the like idea, like I don't know, like the idea is, like yep. that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, and the teacher, who the teacher is. All right. Yeah. Have you um, like felt you've made good choices over the last couple of years? Yeah. Awesome. Yes. So you've enjoyed it. Yes, I've enjoyed it. Cool. <laughs> Are you going to take English next year? No. 
Oh, why not? Um, because I don't like the speaking part of it. Okay, so that really puts you off. That, yeah, that puts really lots of people off, off, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, Ashley's shaking her head and even though like she doesn't want to talk. Like, that's like one of like the three things and I can't deal with it. Good skill though. Yeah. Like one day, maybe many years from now, you might mm-hmm. look back and thank your English teacher for that skill. Yeah, I've, d- I've done it many years now, so it's fine. <laughs> You've checked it all over now. Okay, thanks for talking to me, Maggie. Now, Chris, there's been lots of, I call them cute moments um, throughout the year. <laughs> and I've got one that really stands out. And I have to ask you if you remember the story about the venison in the truck. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> oh, so we're going to hear that story. We're going to hear that story again because I listened back and I had a good giggle at it. I'm, no. I'm home alone at the moment. Um, my partner Ivan's in Italy, and so <laughs> that's oh. leading to some quite interesting food choices at night. <laughs> I, had... I got the funniest photo the other day. I have to tell people about this, Chris. Six okay. sausages for dinner. That six sausages. Yep, Just that a was photo my dinner. Of six sausages. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh. very. It's very easy to cook, and it was very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that was on the eve of report night as well when the deadline was looming. So, um, you know, you do just reach for the easiest thing in the room. Yeah, that's right. I've actually got this big leg of um, venison in my freezer. That's right. I have, have no idea what like to that? do with this. <laughs> I mean, people are awesome. It's from one of the parents from the Tri Club Kids. They're so generous. They keep just giving me things. And, and of course, a leg of venison. Well, the, the story's quite funny, too, because I was, I was, we were at the swim, our regular swim um, training, and the parent came up to me while I was swimming and said to me, oh, do you want some venison? And I thought, oh, I love venison. Yeah, that'd be great. And then, and they said, sure. And then that was it. That was the, that was the sum total of the conversation. And then I went out to the car after the swim and in my, in my, in my spare seat was like Half a quarter a of a deer, like, like just this <laughs> massive slab of like this leg. Like you could see that you could see it was a leg and, uh, and it's like I, when they said venison I've got this n- idea of this nicely packaged up yes. little um, little I don't know venison steak or back strap or something and I've now got like my freezer it's all it, apart from those six sausages it's all that's in my freezer and and I have no idea what to do with it like it barely fitted in the freezer it wasn't even wrapped up like it was just a slab of meat so like I I put glad wrap around it and throw it in the freezer because I couldn't and actually when I got home Ivan said he was he was actually shocked I think he actually ran out of the room I think he thought I brought some dead body so yeah I've got to ask your help Renee about what to do with it I don't know where to get it I don't know how to get it from that to kind of something you eat um every so often there are moments where and and you know the, the workload is enormous and the marking load is enormous and one of those is around the, the school exam time where we sit down and we mark all of the work that the students have done in that in their practice school exams um, and I, one thing I really enjoy about that is the way that we set that up and that we share our classes marking and, and get I get to read some of your students work and there was one um, piece that really stood out to me and I read it to you on the podcast a wee while ago um, and it still remains a real highlight for me. And just, I just wanted to share that with you guys again as well. Chris, I'm sitting here marking your uh, 
level two uh, essay papers, your students' essays, and I have to say I'm really enjoying reading them and it makes me want to read the book thief again. I haven't read it for so long, but I have to read you this introduction from one of your students because I can hear your voice coming through in their writing so much and it's just lovely. So, quote he begins with a quotation the student i'm not violent i'm not malicious i am a result death narrates the book thief the author marcus suzak made an excellent bold choice in choosing death as the narrator it makes a lot of sense really death acts as a third as third person omniscient and generally has an objective view of the world death as a character is supernatural which solidifies the book thief's foothold into the genre of magical realism above all death is portrayed in many different ways in cultures and religion and this gives zuzak the creative freedom of molding the character as he wishes I had to share that little snippet with you because when I read it, I thought, oh, ding, 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 there are some of the things that I've heard Chris say before. Isn't it so nice to, to hear that come through in, in their work and know that they've really been listening to what it is that we say? I don't think our year would be complete if we didn't talk about Anna. Anna. And how abs- what an absolute privilege it's been to have her on board this year. Um, I know that she's been a real, she's been a really fantastic influence in my classroom and she's really helped to build um, the classrooms into the, like with the culture that they have. She's had, she's had a big role to play in that. Her um, generosity with her time and and with the students, um, the way that she kind of seamlessly just floats around and interacts with anyone who needs a hand. It's just been a real gift, I think. So, here's a wee word from Anna. It's a really interesting experience. I almost feel as if every classroom I go into and every teacher I meet, I want to say, hi, I'm Anna, I'm your TA for the day, but I'm actually a teacher and I've got some experience. And I think where I felt that to begin with, I now, I don't feel that. I've had a couple of experiences where I've walked in and said, hi, I'm your TA, and I've had a, a really quizzical look from a teacher. The majority of the time I've had such positive support and feedback um, and I've been really lucky that I haven't just been told you work with one child and it's just that, you can only work with one child, um, that I've been allowed to work with a number of, of kids in classrooms as well um, and that's been encouraged. So I've been, I feel really lucky in that respect and I feel as if I have to justify myself less because it was all just about me having to justify my qualifications to me, it wasn't about anybody else. Those, I guess, are my major highlights from the year, Chris. And awesome. Yeah. That's a great compilation of highlights from the year. <laughs> and um, it does show that the, we've covered quite a lot of scope of the everyday life of teachers, which, which is what we hoped to do. It is. And, yeah, listening back to these things last night when I was really trying to pull out the moments for me that stand out, I, 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 did, I did think to myself, well, we've really covered everything like there's been a bit of everything in the podcast this year and I guess um the way that it's evolved over time um is something that I'm quite proud of yeah it's nice to I mean it certainly is if anyone's ever thinking of doing this is an awesome way of gathering a narrative Mm. from the year Mm. I certainly am submitting it as my professional development evidence for the year yes i have too i've just yeah. added the link into our classroom and yeah. people can you know the powers that be can go and have a listen and, and hear what it is that we've been up to i guess something from a personal perspective for me um that i have taken from this is kind of around using my own voice and developing more 
uh, authority, I guess, when I'm speaking and knowing, um, kind of predicting where the conversation will start to go. These are things that I feel like I've really started to develop this year, and I know that a lot of uh, that is down to this to this time that we have together. But also, I've really valued just the time with you to mm. chat week to week because mm. it's been few and far between this year. That's right. In the previous year, we actually had some free periods in common, mm. and so we came into contact with each other. By virtue of the fact that we were not teaching at the same time. Mm. But this year that didn't happen. And without this podcast, I think we wouldn't have managed to maintain that regular contact, which is so rich, so rich for both of us. I absolutely do love having a colleague who is as interested in teaching and learning and talking endlessly about every dimension of it as Mm. you are. Mm. It's been just a gift to me. And I'm thrilled that we've actually got another year of that next year. I know. So am I. I'm really... um I'm looking forward to seeing how this grows again next year and where it takes us. Yes. And so that's it. I think we've got some um, things we're going to put onto the podcast channel. I've promised this before, but it's actually going to happen. (laughs) Legitimately. Kids have made some podcasts over the last year. Some of the live broadcasts, some of some other uh, podcasts that students have individually done on on personal matters, which they've all given approval for us to broadcast. So while we're not adding to this channel over the summer break, which is about a six week break for us which is amazing um we will still be posting a few of the kids work to keep the uh stream alive and then we'll be back with this podcast in week one term one next year i'm excited about that i'm not gonna lie i'm really excited for the holidays but i am excited to come back to this well i can i can hear us already saying (laughs) where did the time go and i feel like we were sitting here doing this just minutes ago and here we are again that's exactly what it's going to be like as it always is and also i'm looking at developing a second podcast stream in in association with this but much more closely aligned to specific classrooms where we just sort of broadcast the actual content what are we teaching how have we gone about devising it? What, what what resources are being used and how's the thinking behind it and how's it working? And with lots of resources and evidence and sort of give it a really focused pedagogical teaching podcast for teachers who might be interested in following our courses and, and maybe even borrowing some of the resources that we use. So that, that's something we'll introduce next year. And this podcast will continue as it has. Yay. Awesome. So have a great summer or winter, everybody who is listening. I hope you enjoy hearing from our students over the next few weeks. And we'll be back with you again in about six weeks' time. We absolutely will. See you later, everyone. (laughs) See you. See you, Renee. See you, Chris. (laughs) You'll see you in six weeks. (laughs) This was an episode of See Me After Class with Renee and Chris. My Twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net. And mine is at Renee Plunkett too. See you next week.